Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. All right, guys, I want you to turn in your Bibles... We're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now, I want to remind you what we've been doing with this series. We've been looking at how to have peace in the coming storm. And I'm not just talking about the chaos that's happening in our world right now. There is a storm that is coming. You believe in Jesus. And because you believe in Jesus, you have, I'll hate to say it, You have a target on you. You have a target on you because this world doesn't love Jesus. This world doesn't care for Jesus. This world has a misconception of who he is and what he wants. This world rejects him. Why do they do that? It's because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. And so they're not going to look favorably on you in this world, and you need to know how to live in this kind of world, to have peace in this kind of world. And we've spent, really, the last 18 weeks looking at it through First Thessalonians and now through Second Thessalonians. And so now he's going to wrap it up. And he's going to talk today about you enduring the chaos. That was something that they needed to do in their time because they were facing the persecution. They were being imprisoned. They were being stoned. They were being mocked and ridiculed outright. So much so that Paul and his companions had to leave Thessalonica to go somewhere else for their own safety and leave the believers there by themselves to fend for themselves with the Spirit's help. So the question then is, is how do we endure? Because I'll be honest with you, folks, there is no promise of peace in this world. Do you understand me? You and I can plan all we want about how everything is going to be wonderful. If we just achieve this, then if we do this, and if I build the right nest egg, and and everything, and we can have in our mind that everything's going to be wonderful, but have you lived long enough to realize, I hope you have, it doesn't go that way. You can plan out everything, and someone will throw a monkey wrench into the situation. Things change continually. And you're like, how do I deal with this? How do I cope with this? Because this is the world we live in. But a lot of us don't choose to live in the real world, but we need to. And when you do, he tells you how to live there. And this is one of those passages. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at verses 1 to 5 today. We'll look at the rest of the chapter next week. Okay, Look with me at verses 1 to 5. It'll be up on your screen. You can tell that he's getting to his conclusion because he begins with one word, finally. Okay, That's kind of like a preacher saying, in conclusion, but you know there's at least another 15 minutes, right? Okay, Paul's the same way. 
He's got a lot of things he wants to share here in the closing section. Look at what he says. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it was with you, and that you may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have the faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. For we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Now, there's a lot here in those these five verses. In fact, I'm going to kind of divide them into three sections for you. We're going to look in verses 1 to 2 about a focus. He wants them to focus their prayers. And this kind of is kind of helping us to focus what we need to do, okay? And then he's going to tell you something about confidence, which I'll be honest with you, we kind of need to know that. Why? Because look, one of the things that you're going to lack when it's all breaking loose around you is confidence, isn't it? Because we're kind of living in fear, not confidence. So he's going to talk about what we can be confident in, and I'll tell you who we can be confident in. I'll give you a hint. God, right? That's where your confidence needs to be. But he's going to talk about confidence, and then we're going to look at what the growth areas are in your life. Where you need to be growing. Because you can still grow in the midst of what's going on around you. Okay? You can still grow. So let's talk, first of all, about a focus. Notice the first thing he says that they should be praying for. Look at what it says there, verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it was with you. Now here's the first thing. Pray that the message of the gospel would flourish. Now, if you were like me, and you're self-focused like me, and you got life turning upside down around you, and chaos is in the world, and, and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this, my initial thought is, well, that's not really the first thing that I would be praying about. That's just selfishness on my part. I would be praying about God protect me. God provide for me. God watch over me. God give me wisdom. God bring peace. But that's selfishness, right? Look at what he's praying. Because he recognizes in a world that's in chaos, they need to hear a message. And what they need to hear a message of is the gospel. What's the gospel? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for them. The forgiveness and the love of Christ. The new life that they have in Christ that they can escape from in this world. The relationship that they can enter in that will guide them to the craziness that they're going on. And he wants that message to be shared so that they, that message will be glorified in their lives. Now, because he said it's been glorified in their lives. And I would say it's been glorified in your lives. How? You give glory to God. You just did it through the singing because he saved you. He forgave you. He gave you a new life and a new outlook on life. 
Therefore, Jesus is glorified in your life. And so he wants that to be true of all the others that are in the world around you, that they would glorify Jesus too. When they understand who he is and what he's done for them. So that's his focus here. His first thing to focus on is that the message of the gospel would be prayed. Now he comes to the second thing, which we can all relate to. Okay? This is because we put this one first. He didn't. He put it second. Here's what it is. Pray for protection from unbelievers. Well, you know, George, yeah, I understand that, but I don't live in some parts of the world where I really need to fear that. Really? Look at how he refers to them here, okay? He says, verse 2, and that we may be delivered from, look at these two words, unreasonable and wicked man. Now, have you ever met anybody like that? You ever had dealings with anybody like that? Have you ever suffered at the hands of anybody like that? I see a lot of smiles here because you're like, yeah, I can think about somebody this week. Then he says, for not all have the faith. You're enduring right now, folks. It may not be outright persecution, being thrown in jail, somebody shutting down the service. But you're enduring at the hands of unbelievers right now because they don't know who. Jesus. And so here's what he's asking for us to do. He's asking for us for the message to go out, but then also asking, God, protect us. Now, I think it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, we'll say, okay, let's go to pray, pray about something, and we'll say, you know, I don't really know what to pray about today. That really reveals a lot about you and me when we say that because the fact of the matter is, if we gave it a little bit of thought, we would know exactly how to pray. God, protect me from unreasonable and wicked men. Because a day doesn't go by that you don't meet them, right? God, may your gospel go out to people because they need to know and meet who? Jesus. See, this is the focus that needs to happen. We need to get our focus back. Because here's what happens. when you're. I know I'm like this. God knew who I needed to marry, okay? Because when I, when I get sick or when I'm hurting, the selfish part of me wants to be someone doting on me. Oh, I'm hurting. Okay? But he didn't give me a woman like that. <laughs> she doesn't put up with that. Do you know what I'm saying? She's like, what's the matter with you? I don't need to go any further. You guys can understand that, right? When we go through it, we kind of are like that. Oh, God, I need you. Wake up. People need Jesus. And ask me to protect you. That's what he's telling us. 
There's things to do. The world's going crazy. Yes. Wake up. People need Jesus. Ask me to protect you. That's what he's saying here. Get our focus back where it needs to be. And then he tells you that you and I can have confidence. Because the fact of the matter is, is when it's blowing up around you, and it's blowing up, folks, yes, it's blowing up, and that doesn't include what's going on in your life. That's just looking at what the news is saying. But if you look at what's going on in your life, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Can I go another day? Can I handle this? What more can I do? Oh. And, and it's fear, fear, fear. Man, fear is big in our lives. But God's not the author of fear. If anything, he's given you something to be confident in, and that's who? Jesus. Look at what he says in verses 3 to 4. And then we're going to take this apart. There's several things I want you to see here that are so important. Look at what he says here. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you will do and will do the things we command you. All right, so here's four things. Four things about confidence. The basis for the confidence is the faithfulness of the Lord. All right, so here you are, you're in the midst of it, it's crazy, and stuff's going on in your life, and you don't know what to do, and you're ruled by fear, and you can have confidence. Why? Not because of you. Not because of you. Not because of me. But because of the Lord. Because over and over, just like in this passage, he is faithful. He is faithful. I mean, think about it for a moment. Okay, we did this in Sunday school. We just wrapped up this series. We started a new series today. Think about David, okay? David, when he was running from Saul, running from his enemies, and, 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 and he, life is really falling apart in David's life, okay? But if you go to the Psalms and you read the Psalms that he wrote during that time, what you will see in those Psalms is praising God for his faithfulness. You were there, Lord. You watched over me. You provided for me. You strengthened me. You took care of my enemies. You got me through that. I mean, I think about that for a moment. All right, folks, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 54 now, okay? So when you're 54, you got a lot of things to think about just in your own terms of years, okay? And I think back through the years, it's, it's almost like, man, I can't believe that happened, but I got through it. Man, I can't believe that happened, but I got through it. Man, I, wasn't that a terrible time, but we got through it. Isn't that true? If you reflect back on your life, oh, that was terrible, but I got through it. Who got you through it? Wasn't you. You were ready to throw in the towel. Some of you did throw in the towel. But he still got you through it. Why? Because your Lord is what? Faithful. And there's no guaranteeing that you're going to be like, oh, I can handle this next time something comes because I got the Lord. No, no, you're going to be like before. Ah! 
but he still will be what? Faithful. Isn't that awesome about God? He knows we're going to lose it. Pull our hair out. You can tell I've had a lot of things going on. Okay? And he's still faithful. Faithful. Okay? Here's the second thing. The Lord will establish you in your faith. Listen, a lot of teaching is out there today that says the reason why you're not healthy, the reason why God's not blessing you is because you don't have enough faith. You know what? That is a bunch of baloney. I'll tell you why. Because that teaching emphasizes that you are the one who has to establish your faith. You are the one who has to increase your faith. You are the one, you are the one, you are the one. That is baloney because when it comes to the fact of your relationship with Jesus Christ, did your relationship start out with him because of you anyhow? No, it started out with him because of what Jesus did for you. Did he save you because there was anything that you did or didn't do? No, he saved you because of what Jesus did. The only thing that happened from you is that you had to put your faith and trust in him, right? You had to reach out to him that when he offered something to you. Now, the wonderful thing is the scripture tells you over and over and over, he who has begun a good work will be faithful to what? Complete it in you. Here he's saying, you can have confidence because the Lord is faithful. Look at what verse 3 says. Who will establish you? He'll establish you in your faith. He's establishing you in your faith. Listen, folks, that's why he allows the difficult things to come in your life. Because he uses those things to establish you in your faith in him. He establishes you. You can have confidence in that. The, the, the fact of you one day appearing before him and he looks at you and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of my rest. And he crowns you with the crowns and he rewards you with the rewards. It's not going to be because of you, folks, because you know <laughs> we mess up. It's going to be because of the work he did in your life. And you will glorify him because of that. You know, do you know what I mean? He establishes you in your faith. That's the confidence you have. Here's the second confidence you can have. The Lord will guard you from the evil one. It's interesting in the Lord's Prayer, whether it's in Matthew or the version that's shared with us in Luke, that's one of the things that we are to pray for is protection from the evil one, isn't it? But then you come here to to 2 Thessalonians, and he just flat out tells you that you can have confidence that he does that. What? Look at what he says. But the Lord is faithful who will establish and guard you from the evil one. See, God is faithful in guarding you. You can have confidence. But I know how we are. Happened to me the other day. So we're, we're doing some renovations in the back and everything. So I was here before the guys showed up one day. And, uh, and I'm going back and I'm turning the lights on, making sure the doors are open so that the heat flows through the building good enough. And, and I hear a noise. 
What's that? One too many horror flicks when I was a teenager. What's that? I've traced the sound to the nursery. To the toy box. And they have a toy in there that if it wiggles a little bit and my heavy frame walking through the building wiggled the building enough to... And, it, it, and what am I saying? Because we lack confidence. We're afraid. And that's what happens with us. We're afraid of the enemy, aren't we? We need to be. He's tough. But you don't need to be. Because the Lord is faithful. Paul says here he is faithful. He will establish you in your faith. And he will what? Protect you from the evil one. You don't need to be freaked out. Don't need to be freaked out, folks. You don't need to fear the enemy. You can have confidence in the world of chaos that's around us. Isn't it interesting? So that's the first one. He is faithful. Number two, he establishes you in your faith. Number three, he will protect you. Here's the fourth one I want you to see here with the issue of confidence. This will blow your mind. Because we usually think in terms of ourselves and what we need to do, and we're unsure about ourselves. If you're sure about yourself, I have to question that, because most of us should not be sure about ourselves as far as how we'll handle things, okay? Look at what it says, verse 4. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now, here's the final thing that he's confident about. There is confidence in the Lord that you will do what is right. That is a bold statement, isn't it? Because if I were to go up to you right now, and if you were realistic with me, and I would say, well, do you think you'll do the right thing? If you were honest with yourself... I'd have to say, if it was me, if you were asking me, George, do you think you'll do the right thing in that situation? An honest answer would be, I'm not sure. Right? Wouldn't we say that? Because we don't know. You know, it's like, you know, I've, I've developed in my perspective, you know, when I think about Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, when it talks about uh, if anyone is taken and overtaken in sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in gentleness and weakness lest you yourself be tempted. You know, I came out of that verse thinking, you know what, I need to be a little bit more loving with people when they struggle because given the right circumstances, right situation, who's to say that I wouldn't do the same thing? And the reality is, folks, you might do the same thing. So when you look at this statement, he has a confidence not in you. His confidence is in who, folks? The Lord, that you will do what is right. Because why? How can he say that about a believer? Because someone lives within you, folks. Who lives within you? Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit. 
Boy, I didn't realize how much we missed that coffee, right? I get that. The Spirit, and because the Spirit works in your life, Paul has a confidence in the Lord that ultimately you're going to do what's right. Now, does he, does that leave room for you to mess up? Yes, it leaves room for you to mess up. Because the Bible knows that you're going to mess up. But ultimately, you will do what is right. Isn't that a confidence here? It's not a confidence in yourself. Can you be confident in yourself? No. Hopefully you get that here. Don't be confident in you. Be confident in who? The Lord. Jesus. So then because of that, he gives us a couple of growth areas. Here's a couple of things that you really need to be focusing on as far as your growth. Because he, he shares them to us as prayer requests. These are two prayer requests that he makes that he's wanting to see you grow in. Okay? So let's look at that. We're going to look at verse 5. Two things are mentioned here. Now may the Lord, here it is, direct your hearts into love, to the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Two things that he's wanting us to grow in, okay? Number, number one, there is the desire that the Lord will direct your hearts into love. Man, it is so true today in our culture where there is just anger everywhere. And if you as a believer aren't careful, you could get caught up in it. It's real easy to get caught up, isn't it? Isn't it? But should that be true of us? No, it shouldn't be true if you're a follower of Jesus. If anything, what needs to be flowing out of your life is love. And so can we say that's a growth area? I think we can all admit that, right? We all need to grow in this area, right? And so that's what he's really wanting to see the Lord do, is to direct you into love. The love of God. Which, by the way, folks, can I be sure that he'll do that? Yes, because there are other scriptures that tell you that's the role of the Holy Spirit is to what? Fill you with his love to overflowing. To be there for others. Here's the second growth area. We can all agree with this one. Here it is. There's the desire that the Lord will direct your hearts into patience. I don't need help with that, George. I'm a patient person. Yeah, right. Yep. We all need help with that, right? Well, I'm not praying for that. You know what happens when you pray for that, George? Bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happens, period, folks. Whether you pray for patience or not. But I'll tell you what, as we're coming, facing the coming storm, as we're enduring in the chaos, two things need to happen in our lives. We need the Lord to direct us into love, love, and what? Patience. I think we can all resonate with that, right? Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.